seventh episode of the audiobook Gone Girl, written by Gillian Flynn, and I'm your narrator, Shreja. Nick Dunn, the night of Bonnie and Gelfin, moved our interview to the police station, which looks like a failing community bank. They left me alone in a little room for 40 minutes, me willing myself not to move. to pretend to be calm is to be calm in a way i slouched over the table put my chin on my arm waited do you want to call amy's parents roni asked i don't want to panic them if we don't hear from her in an hour i'll call i said we've done three rounds of that conversation finally the cops came in and sat at the table across from me i felt the urge to laugh at how much it felt like a tv show this was the same room i had seen surfing through late night cable for the past 10 years and the two cops very intense acted like the stars totally fake at cop police station bonnie was even holding a paper coffee cup and a manila folder that looked like a prop cop prop i felt giddy felt for a moment we were all pretending people let's play the missing wife game you okay there nick bonnie asked i'm okay bye you are smiling the kittiness led to the tile to floor i'm sorry it's all just i know Bonnie said, giving me a look that was like a hand pat. It's too strange, I know. She cleared her throat. First of all, we want to make sure you're comfortable here. If you need anything, just let us know. The more information you can give us right now, the better. But you can leave it anytime. It's not a problem at either. Whatever you need. Okay, great. Thank you. she said mm, okay i want to get the annoying stuff out of the way first the crap stuff if your wife was indeed abducted and we don't know that but if it comes to that we want to catch the guy and when we catch the guy we want to nail him hard no way out no wiggle room right so we have to rule you out real quick really easy So the guy can come back and say we didn't rule you out. You know what I mean? I nodded mechanically. I didn't really know what she meant, but I wanted to seem as cooperative as I can. Whatever you need. We don't want to freak you out, Lupin added. We just want to cover all the bases. Fine by me. It's always the husband, I thought. Everyone knows it's always the husband, so why can't they just say it? We suspect you because you are the husband, and it's always the husband. Just watch the line. Okay, great, Nick. Bonnie said. First, let's get a swab of the inside of your cheek so we can rule out all of the DNA in the house that isn't yours. That be okay? Sure. I'd also like to take a quick sweep of your hands for a gun. 
short residue again just in case wait 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 have you found something that makes you think my wife was no 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 nick galpin interrupted he pulled a chair up to the table and sat on it backward i wondered if cops actually did that or did some clever actor do that and then cops began doing it because that seeing the actors playing cops do that and it looked cool it's just smart protocol we try to cover every base check your hands get a swab and if we could really check out your card too gilpin continued of course like i said whatever you need thank you nick i really appreciate it sometimes guys they think they can just make things hard for us just because they can that is exactly the opposite my father had infused my childhood with unspoken blame he was the kind of a man who skulked around looking for things to be unread this had turned go defensive and extremely unlikely to take unwarranted shit it had turned me into a knee-jerk suck up to authority mom dad teachers whatever makes your job easier sir or madam i crave the constant stream of approval you'd literally lie cheat and steal hell kill to convince people you're a good guy go and said we were in line for nishas at yona shimals not far from goes old new york apartment that's how well i remember the moment and i lost my appetite because it was so completely true that i never realized it and even as she was saying it i thought i'll never forget this this is one of the most memorable moments that will be lodged in my brain forever we made small talk the cops and i about the julep with five words and the weather while my hands were dusted for gunshot residue and slick inside of my cheek was cotton tipped pretending it was normal a trip to the dentist when it was done boni put another cup of coffee in front of me squeezed my shoulder I'm sorry about that. Where's part of the job? You think you're up to a few questions now? It would really help us. Yeah, definitely five way. She placed a slim digital tape recorder on the table in front of me. You mind? This way you won't have to answer the same questions over and over and over. She wanted to tape me, so I'd be near to one story. I should call a lawyer, I thought. But only guilty people need lawyers. So I nodded, no problem. So, Amy, Bonnie said, You two been living here how long? Just about two years. And she's originally from New York City? Yes, she worked... got a job kelpin asked no she used to write personality quizzes the detective swapped a look quizzes for teen magazines and women magazines i said you know are you the jealous type 
take out quiz and find out. Do guys find you intimidating? Take out quiz and find out. Very cool. I love those, Pony said. I didn't know that was an actual job, writing those like a career. Well, it's not anymore. The internet is packed with quizzes for free. Amy's were smarter. She had masters in psychology. Has a masters in psychology. I coughed uncomfortably at my calf. But smart can't be freed. Then what? I shrugged. Then we moved back here. She's just kind of staying at home right now. Oh, you guys got kids? Then Bonnie chirped as if she had this good good news. No. Oh, so then what does she do most days? That was my question too. Amy was once a woman who did a little of everything all the time. When we moved in together, she'd made an intense study of French cooking, displaying hyper-quick knife skills, and an inspired Borgagon. For her 34th birthday, we flew to Barcelona, and she stunned me by rolling off trills of conversational Spanish, learned in months of secret lessons. My wife had a brilliant popping brain, a greedy curiosity, but her obsessions tended to be fueled by competition. She needed to dazzle men and jealousify women. Of course, Amy can cook French cuisine and speak fluent Spanish, and garden and knit and run marathons and day trade stocks and fly a plane and look like a runway model doing it. She needed to be amazing Amy all the time. Here in Missouri, the women shop at Target. They make diligent, comforting meals. They laugh about how little high school Spanish they remember. Competition doesn't interest them. Amy's relentless achieving is greeted with open-palmed acceptance. And maybe a bit of pity. It was about the worst outcome possible for my competitive wife. The town of contented also ranks. She has a lot of hobbies, I said. Anything worrying you? Bonnie asked, looking worried. You're not concerned about drugs or drinking. I'm not speaking ill of your wife. A lot of housewives, more than you'd guess. They pass the day that way. The days, they get long when you're by yourself. And if the drinking turns to drugs, and I'm not talking heroin, but even prescription painkillers. Well, there are some pretty awful characters selling around here right now. The drug trade has gotten bad, Gilpin said. We have had a bunch of police layoffs, one-fifth of the force, and we were tied to begin with. I mean, it's bad. We were overrun. Had a housewife, nice lady, get a tooth knocked out last month over some oxytocin. Pony prompt. No, Amy might have a glass of wine or something, but not drugs. Pony eyed me. This was clearly not the answer she wanted. She have some good friends here. We'd like to call some of them. Just make sure. No offense, sometimes the spouse is the last to know when drugs are involved. People get ashamed, especially women. Friends, 
in New York, Amy made and shared friends weekly. They were like her projects. She would get intensely excited about them. Paula, who gave her singing lessons and had a wicked good voice. Amy went to boarding school in Massachusetts. I loved the very occasional time she got all New England on me. Wicked good. Jessie from the fashion design course. But then, I'd ask about Jessie and maybe Paula a month later and Amy would look at me like I was making up words. Then there were the men who were always rattling behind Amy, eager to do the husbandly things that her husband failed to do. Fix a chair lug, hunt down her favorite imported Asian tea. Men who she swore were her friends, just good friends. Amy kept them exactly an arm's distance, far enough away that I couldn't get too annoyed, close enough that she could crook a finger and they would do her bidding. In Missouri, good God, I really didn't know. It only occurred to me just then. You truly are an asshole, I thought. Two years we've been here and after the initial flurry of meat and grades, those maniacs first months, Amy had no one she regularly saw. She had my mom, who was now dead, and me, and our main form of conversation was attack and rebuttal. When we had been back home for a year, I'd ask her fox gallantly, And how are you liking North Carthage, Mrs. Dunn? New Carthage, you mean, she replied. I refused to ask her the reference, but I knew it was an insult. She has a few good friends, but they are mostly back east. Her folks? They live in New York City. And you still haven't called any of those people? Bonnie asked, a bemused smile on her face. I've been doing everything else you've been asking me to do. I ha- haven't had the chance. I'd signed away permission to trace credit cards and ATMs and track Amy's cell phone. I'd handed over Go's cell number and the name of Sue, the widow at the bar who could presumably attest to the time I arrived. Baby of the family? She shook her head. You really do remind me of my little brother, a beat. That's a compliment, I swear. She dotes on him, Durkin said, scribbling in a notebook. Okay, so you left the house at about 7.30 a.m. and you showed up at the bar at about noon and in between you were at the beach. There's a beachhead about 10 miles north of her house. A not overly pleasant collection of sand and silt and beer bottle shards, trash barrels overflowing with styrofoam cups and dirty diapers. But there is a picnic table upwind that gets nicer sun. And if you stare directly at the river, you can ignore the other crap. I sometimes bring my coffee and the paper and just sit. Gotta make the most of summer. No, I hadn't talked to anyone at the beach. No, no one saw. It's a quiet place, midweek, Gilpin laughed. If the police talked to anyone who knew me, they'd quickly learn that I rarely went to beach and that I never sometimes brought my coffee to enjoy the morning. I have Irish white skin and an impatience for navel gazing. 
a beach boy i'm not i told the police that because it had been his idea for me to go sit in the spot where i could be alone and watch the river i loved and ponder our life together she had said this to me this morning after we had eaten her crepes the she leaned forward on the table and said i know we are having a tough time i still love you so much nick and i know i have a lot of things to work on i want to be a good wife to you and i want to to be my husband and happy but you need to decide what you want she's clearly been practicing her speech she smiled proudly as she said it and even as my wife was offering me this kindness i was thinking of course she has to stage manage this she wants the image of me and the wild running river my hair ruffling in the breeze as i look out onto the horizon and ponder over our life together i can't just go to duncan's donuts you need to decide what you want unfortunately for amy i had decided already pony looked up brightly from her notes can you tell me what your wife's blood type is she asked uh no i don't know you don't know your wife's blood type uh, maybe oh i guessed pony frowned then made a drawn out yoga like sound okay nick here are the things we are doing to help she listed them amy's cell was being monitored her photos circulated her credit cards tracked known sex offenders in the area were being interviewed a sparse neighborhood was being canvassed a home phone was tapped in case any ransom calls come in i wasn't sure what to see now i racked my memory with the lines what does the husband say at this point in the movie depends on whether he's guilty or innocent i can't say that reassures me are you in this abduction or a missing persons case or what exactly is going on i knew the statistics knew them from the same tv show i was staring in if the first 48 hours didn't turn up something in a case it was likely to go unsolved first 48 hours were crucial i mean my wife is gone my wife is gone i realized it was the first time i'd said it it should have been said panicked and angry my dad was a man of infinite varieties of bitterness rage distaste in my lifelong struggle to avoid becoming him i developed an inability to demonstrate much negative emotion at all it was another thing that made me seem ecstatic my stomach could be all oiled eels and you would get nothing from my face and less from my words it was a constant problem too much control or no control at all nick we are taking this extremely seriously bonnie said the lab guys are over at your place as we speak and that will give us more information to go on right now the more you can tell us about your wife the better what is she like 
the usual husband phrases came into my mind she's sweet she's quiet she's nice she's supportive what is she like how i asked give me an idea of her personality like what did you get her for your anniversary jewelry i hadn't gotten anything quite yet i said i was going to do it this afternoon i waited for her to laugh and say baby of the family again but she didn't okay well then tell me about her is she outgoing is she i don't know how to say this is she new yorky like what might come off to some as rude might rub people the wrong way i don't know she's not a never met a stranger kind of person but she's not not abrasive enough to meet someone her tone this was my 11th lie the amy of today was abrasive enough to want to hurt sometimes i speak specifically of the amy today who is only remotely like the woman i fell in love with it had been an awful fairy tale reverse transformation over just a few years the old amy the girl of the big laugh and the easy ways literally shed herself pile of skin and soul on the floor and out stepped this new brittle bitter army my wife was no longer my wife but a razor wire not daring me to unlook her and i was not up to the job with my thick numb nervous fingers country fingers flyover fingers untrained in the intricate dangerous work of solving amy when i'd hold up the bloody stumps she'd sigh and turn to her secret mental notebook on which she tallied all my deficiencies forever noting disappointments frailties shortcomings my old amy damn she was fun she was funny she made me laugh i'd forgotten that when she laughed from bottom of her throat from right behind that small finger shoot hollow which is the best place to laugh from she released her grievances like handfuls of bird seed they are there and they are gone she was not the thing she became the thing i feared most an angry woman i was not good with angry women it brought something out in me that was unsavory she bossy gilpinest take charge i thought of amy's calendar the one that went 3 years into the future and if you looked at your head you would actually find appointments dermatologist dentist vet she's a planner she doesn't you know wink anything she likes to make lists and check things off get things done that's why this doesn't make sense that can drive you crazy bone said sympathetically if you're not that type you seem very be personality i'm a little more laid back i guess i said then i added part i was supposed to add we round each other out i looked at the clock on the wall and bone touched my hand hey why don't you go ahead and give a call to amy's parents i'm sure they'd appreciate it it was past midnight amy's parents went to sleep at 9 pm they were strangely boastful about this early bedtime they'd be deep asleep by now so this would be an urgent middle of the night call 
sales went off at 8:45 already so rand elliot would have to walk from his bed all the way to the end of the hall to pick up the old heavy phone he would be fumbling with his glasses fuzzy with the table lawn he would be telling himself all the reasons not to worry about late night phone call all the harmless reasons the phone might be ringing i dial twice and hurry up and then hung up before i let the call ring through when i did it was marybeth notrand who answered a deep voice buzzing my ears i'd only gotten to marybeth this is nick and i lost it what is it nick i took a break is it amy tell me i i'm sorry i should have called tell me god damn it wait 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 we can't find amy i started you can't find amy i i don't i don't know amy is missing we don't know that for sure we are still since when we're not sure i left this morning a little after 7 and you waited till now to call us i'm sorry i didn't want to jesus christ we played tennis tonight tennis and we could have been my god at the police involved you've notified them i'm at the station right now put on who's ever in charge nick please okay kid i went to fetch kelpin my mommy now wants to talk to you phoning the elliots made it official the emergency amy's gone is spreading to the outside i was heading back to the interview room i heard my father's voice sometimes in particularly shameful moments i heard his voice in my head but this was my father's voice here his words emerged in wet bubbles like something from a rancid bog bitch 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 my father out of his mind had taken to flinging the word at any woman who even vaguely annoyed him bitch appeared inside the conference room and there he sat on a bench against the wall he had been a handsome man once intense and clutching faringly dreamy and was how my aunt had described him now he sat muttering at the door his blonde hair matted trousers muddy and arms scratched as if he had been fought his way through a thorn bush a line of spittle glimmered down his chin like a snail's trail and he was flexing and unflexing arm muscles that had not yet gone to seed a tense female officer sat next to him her lips in an angry pucker trying to ignore him bitch 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 i told you bitch what's going on i asked her this is my father she got a call what call to come get your father she overenunciated as if i were a dumb 10 year old i my wife is missing i've been here most of the night she stared at me and not connecting the links i could see her debating whether to sacrifice her privilege and apologize inquire then my father started up again bitch she chose to keep the leverage so comfort hill has been trying to contact you all day 
Your father wandered out a fire, it said, early this morning. He's got a few scratches and scrapes, as you can see, but no damage. We picked him up a few hours ago, walking down River Road, disoriented. We have been trying to reach you. I've been right here, he said. Right, goddamn next door. How did no one put this together? So please don't take that tone with me. Bitch, bitch, bitch. Pony ordered an officer male to drive my dad back to the home so I could finish up with them. We stood on the stairs outside the police station, watched him get settled in the car, still muttering. The entire time he never registered my presence. When they drove off, he didn't even look back. You guys not close? She asked. You are the definition of not close. The police finished with their questions and hustled me into a squad car about 2 a.m. with advice to get a good night's sleep and return at 11 a.m. for a 12 noon press conference. It didn't make sense. I didn't ask if I could go home. I had them take me to Goose because I knew she'd stay up and have a drink with me, fix me a sandwich. It was pathetically all I wanted right then. A woman to fix me a sandwich and not ask me any questions. You don't want to go look for her? We can drive around. Go offered as I ate. That seems pointless. He said, darling, where do I look? Nick, this is fucking serious. I know, go. Act like it, okay? Lance, don't fucking... It was a thick-tongued noise. The noise she always made to convey my indecisiveness, accompanied by these rolling of the eyes and the dusting of my legal first name. No one who has my face needs to be called Lance. She handed me a tumbler of scotch and drink this, but only this. You don't want to be hungover tomorrow. Where the fuck she could go? God, I feel sick to my stomach. She poured herself a glass gulp, then tried to sip, pacing around the kitchen. Don't you worry, babe, that some guy saw her on the street and just, just decided to take her, hit her on the head and started. Why did you say hit her on the head? What the fuck is that? I'm sorry. I don't mean to paint a picture. I just, I don't know. I just keep thinking about some crazy person. She splashed some more scotch into the tumbler. Speaking of crazy people, dad got out again today. Found him wandering down to the road. He's back at the comfort now. She has shrugged. Okay. It was the third time in six months that father had split out. Go was lighting a cigarette. Her thoughts came on me. I mean, isn't there someone we can go talk to? Something we can do? She asked. Jesus, Go, you really need me to feel more fucking impotent than right now. I've no idea what I'm supposed to be doing. There's no way your wife knows missing 101. The police told me I could leave if I left. I'm just doing what they tell me. Okay, zero. Oh my God. 
had a long stone measure to turn it into rubber. It wouldn't take. I was the kid in high school who made coffee. I was the writer who hid coffee, who met coffee, who made coffee. I respect rules because if you follow rules, things go smoothly. Usually. Fuck. Go on back at the station in a few hours, okay? Can you please just be nice to me for a second? I'm sketched. Thanks. We had a five second story contest when the writer pulled up in the class one minute time on biology. She sat down next to me, put a hand on my shoulder. 